0: Welcome to the ABA Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrea and Alejandra Alvarado. Alvarado. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Little Miss Sunshine, a movie from 2006. This will be our sixth podcast episode of which we are very proud of. <laughs> um, so this movie is about a family who goes on a road trip. One of the children, their youngest daughter, Olive, wants to win a pageant in Redondo Beach. They live in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, and have to go all the way to California in their yellow VW bus. So these characters, there's about, I don't know, maybe six or seven Main characters, there's a typical family unit, um, or a typical dysfunctional family unit, I should say. Two parents, two children, their grandfather, and their uncle. It's a spectacular movie. It has a great um, cast. It has great coloring. It has It's really funny, really hilarious, but it also has the potential to make you ugly cry. I ugly cried um,
1: a lot, but it was worth it because this is, in my opinion,
0: the perfect movie. Our second character is Cheryl Hoover. She is the only parent working in a single income household. She works as a nurse, and cares for her family. She takes into her brother, Frank, from the hospital. We'll introduce Frank later. He's genuinely my favorite character in this entire movie, aside from her daughter, Olive. Uh, Cheryl is the only parent working and is constantly upset because her husband doesn't do anything and is always failing them. Um,
1: The next character is Dwayne Hoover. Dwayne is Cheryl's son. He is a selective mute, and he took a vow of silence uh, for nine months. He is a big fan of Friedrich Nietzsche, um, and he wants to join the Air Force and become a pilot. His mother gave him permission to go to flight school, um, and he is very observant and hates his life. That
0: brings us to Uncle Frank. Uncle Frank is a Proust scholar, the world's number one for a time there, at least. Um, He tried to commit suicide after a series of terrible events. He is Cheryl's brother and moves in with the Hoovers. He fell in love with a grad student a man who didn't love him back. He then got fired from his job, lost his apartment, and uh, lost his uh, the person he loved to his fellow Proust scholar Larry Sugarman. Larry is regarded to be the number two, the second best. My um, Ma- Uncle Frank is a very detailed character. He cares about his family. Throughout the novel, he tries to bring other characters out of their shells. er, Or, sorry, the movie. He tries to bring other characters out of their shells. He is just sort of an all-around great guy. He's also really funny and played by Steve Carell.
1: Um, The next character we have is Grandpa Ed. Grandpa Ed is um, Richard... Dad. Richard is the father of Olive and Dwayne. He is rude and crass, and yet he cares about his family um, a lot, Uh, especially his young granddaughter, Olive. He is always trying to uh, encourage her to follow her dreams, and like, there's this moment where he's like, You're the most beautiful girl in the world, and I love him so much. And he, uh, unfortunately, is a drug addict, because he says that he'd be crazy not to do them now that he is older. Um, He is disappointed in his son's behavior, because his son only focuses on himself, and he just makes a lot of remarks towards his children that are not okay. Um, Unfortunately, this wonderful character passes away, um, like, halfway through the movie, I think, but while he's there, he is very memorable.
0: Uh, Our last character is Richard Hoover, who is Grandpa Ed's son, the husband of Cheryl, and the father of both Dwayne and Olive. Uh, He's my least favorite character in this entire show. He's a motivational speaker with nine steps to winning. And a think and you'll win mentality. He does not have a job, but he's constantly trying to push his nine steps into a book or a movie deal or some sort of money making scheme. Um, he's sort of supportive of his daughter, but he constantly uses his idea lot. Uh, he his ideas in front of her. He also sort of fat shames her. She's like seven. It's a very messed up scene in which they're having dinner. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, let's get something to eat. And the little girl orders uh, her waffles a la modi. Uh, She wanted the ice cream, which good for her. And then the dad's like, wait, wait. Do you know what will happen to you, he, you know, if you eat that? She's like, what? And he's like, it's it's full of fat, and it's full of whatever. And you know fat makes you fat, and you want to stay nice and skinny, right? And it's like, she's seven. She's seven. She's seven years old. I, she does not deserve mm. that. And as a result, um, Olive becomes very self-conscious about herself and her weight, which is... It's really sad, but in a lar- lighthearted moment, the rest of the family is like, "I want some of your ice cream, kid." And she's like, "All right, all right. You can have it cuz I'm not going to eat it." And then she's like, "But wait, I wanted it." And it's a, it's a nice lighthearted moment and it really highlights how much I hate Richard. um, <laughs> <laughs> um so Richard is driving the VW bus to California. He sort of hates Frank and thinks that he uh, has mental Ill- illness because he gave up on himself. Yeah, he says,
1: uh, un- Uncle Frank, he gave up on himself. That's that's what you need to remember. Uh, he essentially thinks that Uncle Frank is a loser, which is absolutely terrible. And honestly, it gets to the point where his win winner loser mentality starts to affect his daughter who begins to cry and says dad hates losers am i a loser i can't be a loser because dad hates them and he is just very terrible uh throughout a lot of the movie of course he does have a small small redemption arc uh at the end
0: So, some initial thoughts that we had while watching this movie. So, we learned that they live in or near Albuquerque. Uh, Everyone hates Richard. Me too. Uh, Their uh, VW broke down. It had a bad clutch. So, they essentially had to push the car to get it to work. Uh, It made for some very fun um, scenes, though. It it was good. Um. so they went to Albuquerque, from Albuquerque to Redondo Beach. Uh, somewhere along the movie, they forgot Olive at the gas station and sort of had this, like, we gotta go back moment and, like, ran to, or er, drove the thing really quickly to get her. Uh, also, Grandpa Ed died, so when they went to the hospital, they asked if they could see the remains. And I was like, oh, they're going to steal him. And then they were like, we're going to take him with us. Which, yeah, they stole him. They wrapped him up and they put him in the back of the trunk. Um, also, Dwayne spoke his first words in nine months. They So Olive had taken some colorblind tests along with her from the hospital and it turned out that he couldn't see the letter. He can't be a pilot because he's red-green colorblind. And so nine months of him taking a vow of silence until he reached his goal, and it sort of really broke him down and messed with him. He tried to get them to leave him here, but then when Olive went and comforted him, he was like, all right, let's go um so they almost didn't make it to the competition they had to get there by three they faced some complications and we're there at 304. uh some bands signed them in though it was okay um and um olive was so excited because she got to meet miss california and the first thing that she asked her was do you eat ice cream and she said, "Yeah, I love Chocolate Cherry Garcia, which Girl Boss. Uh, I loved Miss California. She was a great character. She was only there for a little bit. Um, and then Richard asked the one of the workers if they had a nearby funeral home. He took uh, him to the funeral home. He took his dad's uh, his dad to the funeral home in a sort of sad, really sad moment." Um, then they read a magazine in which Larry was revealed to be the number one Proust scholar, which really, really messed with, uh, my favorite Uncle Frank. Um, so it was the 24th annual Little Miss Sunshine pageant, and the girls had so much makeup on them, and these, like, really gross and skimpy outfits, I was really sad. Um, so
1: Olive is waiting to be called up so she can do her routine. And when she's called up, you know, she she goes on there and she's like, I'd like to dedicate this song to my grandpa who taught me these moves. And the the host asks her, where is he now? And she's just like in the trunk of our car. And everyone kind of goes quiet for a moment. And then she proceeds to dance, and this dance is the most hilarious moment of this entire movie. Um, It is shocking, but amazing, Um, and unfortunately, um, it ends up uh, making her disqualified.
0: It was she was so excited; she had her little tearaway pants. She was dancing. (laughs) And then they tried to kick her out because I guess it was an inappropriate dance or something. Yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great, though, because the whole
1: family joins in to this dance. And they're just like, yeah, we're having a great time. We're supporting Olive. This is fantastic. And there's this point where Richard, like, almost tackles the host when he tries to drag her off stage. And that was that was his redemption. Like, it doesn't change the fact that he said all those horrible things to his own children. But, I mean, he can he can have a little bit of, of change of heart, you know, just a little bit.
0: Um, yeah. So, as a result of the Little Miss Sunshine pageant, Olive is no longer allowed to compete in California pageant circuits. So, no more California pageants for her. Uh, at the end of the movie, they had to all push the car, but they did it. Um, they sort of just drove past that pageant lady that was really mean to them and then honked the horn all the way through in a little, you know, I hate you move, a little redemption, a little... It was. It was a good movie. It was a fantastic movie. The ending scene was... As always hilarious, and I can see why it was nominated for Sundance. I think it won, right? Uh, I would not be surprised if it
1: did win. Once again, this was a perfect movie. Um,
0: now it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Twin Talk. In this segment, we'll be talking about winners and losers, and how your parents impact your thinking. Okay, so in
1: this movie, um, Dwayne and Olive, they both are influenced by their parents. Uh, Whether it be, you know, uh, encouraging words or, you know, Richard trying to push his mentality on Olive of winners and losers. Um, As I said before, Olive is like, I can't be a loser because dad hates losers and then he'd hate me. And that really messed her up. And then with with Dwayne, you know, he's he's been mute for nine months. And his father is like, oh, you know, I'm supportive. He's, he's achieving his dreams. He's achieving a goal, you know. But he always ends up turning it back to his nine-step program. And I feel like he contributed to Dwayne's uh, supposed hatred of his family. Because I feel like his dad was the main person that he had problems with. Everyone else, he was just kind of neutral. And he ends up saying that he didn't really hate any of them. But I feel like he might actually hate his dad. Um, I don't know. That's That was just my thoughts.
0: Uh, another thing that was in this movie was the idea of winners and losers you know what makes a winner are you a winner because you tried your best or are you a winner because you won uh that's something that olive struggles to come to terms with throughout the movie uh she's faced with two very opposing views her grandfather grandpa ed was like oh you know You're a winner because you tried. You're a winner because you didn't give up. You're a winner even though you might have lost. And no matter what happens, I'm still going to love you. So it's a very encouraging viewpoint from Grandpa Ed. It's something that she didn't even see from her own father, which I thought was very sad. Her dad was like, you are a loser if, you know, you're a loser if you don't win, you know, you're a loser if you don't do my nine steps, if you don't, you know, you're gonna win if you want it, which I feel is a very bad thing to teach kids, like, sure, put in your best effort, do whatever you can, you know, Put in a hundred and twenty percent. Put in a hundred percent. Give it your all and you know, don't give up. And sure, yeah, it might be tough, but you shouldn't tell a seven-year-old, hey, you know, you're a loser if you lose. Now I know we live in an age where there's participation trophies for everything, but and some people do have issues with that. They're like, well, don't do that if you d- really didn't win. But I think it's also important to teach young children that it's okay that we're all learning. That you might not be the best now. You might not be the best ever. But you should give it your all. You should give it your best shot. Um, I'd like to add that uh, our parents are
1: absolutely amazing with encouraging us to try our best at everything we do um they are always saying oh you know as long as you give it your all as long as you really tried you know we're proud of you and that is the most important thing I think that they could tell me at least because I'm always you know trying to do my best but you know some things are hard and I get really overwhelmed with the fact that I, I struggle at things, but truth be told, everyone has a hard time doing stuff, and, um, it's just really great that I'm told that as long as I try my best, you know, like, like I've done something good, um, yeah, so, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. our uh, parents have more of a grandpa ed mentality, yeah, <laughs> What? Well, at least when it comes to, um, to sort of the whole winning and losing ideology. Yeah. So, before we sign off, we'll remind you that it's important to try your best. And, you know, somebody out there is proud of you. Bye. Bye.